0: Dave episode 19 of garage takes welcome back man how you doing
1: I'm doing great. It's a little bit windy out here today but uh yeah I'm doing doing great. how about yourself man?
0: It's a beautiful December night in the garage let's just put it that way yeah. um all right man well it is the college bowl season bestowing upon us uh, we have a lot of meaningless games one could say and a lot of meaningful games. Um, so Dave, I just would like to kick this episode off with, uh, just getting your thoughts on some of the college bowls that we have coming up. Um, and if you had a chance to look at any of the games and let me know which ones you're excited about, uh, we just had the news break today about Kenneth Walker sitting out. So that's one of the star players of college football this year, uh, taking a seat and getting ready for the NFL draft. Um, and if anybody's blaming him, I think Dave and I are on the same team here of go ahead and shut up uh neither of us want to hear it about uh he owes michigan state anything um that's that's not what we're about and uh we're on the same page as far as that goes um quick thoughts on that dave
1: yeah i don't think you know once again it's just the day and age that we live in he's he's got to make a decision what's best for him and his family and you can never question that he 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 gave it all to, to michigan state and there's not a fan of that program that, that can argue differently. So uh, best of luck to him in the, uh, the upcoming NFL draft.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, Dave, have you had a chance to look at a couple of these bowl games? Do you have any on your mind that are going to catch your eye in the next couple of weeks?
1: Well, yeah, there are some good games, some good matchups for sure, but I Know kind of like we talked last week, like I'm kind of waiting to get a a pulse on, and I'd be lying if I said I've been following who's all opting out and who's still playing and that sort of thing. But you know, you mentioned Kenneth Walker, we kind of talked about that last week. We saw that coming, haven't heard an announcement yet on Kenny Pickett, have we?
0: No, uh, he's still up in the air. A lot of people are expecting him to bow out of that game, but nothing official yet.
1: Got it, got it, yeah. So there's a lot to that. That's gonna kind of dictate for me I, to answer this question of like what games I kind of got my eye on. But I would say, like, regardless, the Rose Bowls got my attention this year. Um, Ohio State and Utah, I think is an intriguing matchup. I mean, I think most people will expect Ohio State to roll, especially because they've kind of been spit on and kicked around ever since they you know, they the last time we saw Ohio State take the field was with the storm of Mason blue fans in Ann Arbor and the big house. And that left a sour taste in their mouth. And I'm sure that CJ Stroud and company after some of the disrespect that he had to take, even during the Heisman ceremony, I think they'll probably come out and want to roll. But what I'm intrigued by is Utah. You know, nobody talks about Utah much, but they're just silently like a very good team. They beat Oregon twice at the end of the year. Um, Oregon was, the other loss that Ohio, the Ohio State had besides Michigan. Now, granted, that was earlier in the season. You know, you got different different teams there. Um, but I'm I'm intrigued by by that Utah Ohio State matchup. I have not followed closely to see if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna see Chris Olave. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm assume I'm assuming you're going to. You're not going to see Garrett Wilson. Maybe you will. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Smith Najigba. Nj- I would expect to see. But you're gonna see C.J. Stroud. You're gonna see Travion Henderson. Like this team, for the most part, will be there. And once again, I'll have to keep an eye out on those wide receivers. But Ohio State's so deep, anyways, that you know, playing against Utah, I'm, that doesn't concern me at ton. But I think that will be a actually a really good matchup. I am fully pulling for Utah there. Like that would just be awesome to see Ohio State lose. Another game that I have my eye on, just because you know, Big Ten fans is. You know, selfishly, I just want to see this Iowa Kentucky game, the Citrus Bowl, because, you know, it's interesting. Anytime you see the Big Ten SEC kind of go up against each other is just it catches my attention because, you know, I I want to see, you know, after Michigan just absolutely obliterated Iowa in the Big Ten championship, the Big Ten championship game. You know, it raises questions. Iowa at one point was a top five team in the country. We know their offense was not good. Um, they really were not good against Michigan and got stopped the whole game. And not that you're expecting their offense to be good against Kentucky, but it's just going to be interesting to see, like, you know, how, how does Michigan stack up? Like, yeah, I think Michigan is better than Kentucky. But, like, I'm curious to see um, how can Iowa kind of play their game play that slow style game and edge out a win against Kentucky. Are they, are, were they really that good or, you know, were they a little bit overrated this year? So that game has my attention. Um, And then the last one has got to be the, I believe it's the sugar bowl Baylor Ole Miss. I think Matt Corral. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Matt Corral is going to play. I believe is what I heard. So uh, Baylor is another team that was like super hot. Uh, At the end of the year, you know, they they ruin Oklahoma State's chances to to make it to the college football playoff. So uh, I I think Baylor is another really good team. And, you know, I, I love I love that matchup, to be honest with you. So. Those three games in particular have my attention. I, I'll i have my eyes on, you know, anytime the Big Ten is playing, see how Penn State stacks up against Arkansas, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, th- there are definitely some good games. I know we hated on, like, the the whole bowl format, and I still will. You know, it's so up in the air, depending on who plays and who doesn't play. Uh, but, th- but those are the ones that just kind of jump out to me on paper. How about you?
0: Yeah, Dave. So, I guess my first one that, I, as I was scrolling through the list here, Uh, The Fiesta Bowls kind of grabbed my attention because you have the Marcus Freeman, uh, Notre Dame headline, Notre Dame playing Oklahoma State. I would actually, oddly enough, I really like Marcus Freeman. Like I'm low key rooting for him. Like I know it's a Michigan rival and, um, you know, anybody from Michigan usually hates Notre Dame. Um, But I think the way that Brian Kelly spurned them and just to rub it in Brian Kelly's face, I would love to see Notre Dame win this game. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but just for I, me, I would like to see him win.
1: You want to see them sperm Brian Kelly and his new Southern accent yeah. <laughs> down there that is a great, at LSU, that's LSU a great in, in Bri- crab legs. That's
0: a, that's a great Brian Kelly accent you had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I love how he cooked that up on the scene, Mike.
1: Yeah. It was my mama's so and daddy. Yeah. That was just embarrassing. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and honestly, I think that that video went viral of when they told the players in Notre Dame who their new head coach was going to be, Marcus Freeman, and they just erupted. Anytime you see a player's coach like that, sort of a young guy get a chance to take his shot at a big time program like that, you know, t- time will tell whether he is, is ready. He's a very good coach. He's been highly respected for a minute now. I mean, he's done very well. I'm interested to see. Yeah. And like no time like the present, right, to have your first game on a you know, really, really big stage here. So yeah, I'm with you.
0: Yeah. And obviously Notre Dame pretty much the first team that was left out of the playoff against Oklahoma state who had a chance to also be in the playoff. If, if we had the expanded field, both of these teams, no doubt would be in the field. Um, so a really cool matchup there. Um, Dave, you kind of took my Iowa and Kentucky one. I also really like that one. Um, I think that's going to be kind of a slug fest, um, a really good game in the citrus bowl. Um, it's just a really good atmosphere. I kind of like that bowl, just how it is. Um, and then the Outback Bowl, uh, another one of my, uh, ones that I really like is Arkansas and Penn State. Um, what is James Franklin and Penn State? What are they? Because are they an actually like an, a seven and five team that loses at home to Illinois, or are they the number one recruiting class coming in juggernaut that they're supposed to be? Um, So, Penn State has a lot of work to do. It can start, um, you know, New Year's Day against Arkansas, which is a budding program, really. Um, When you look at the SEC top to bottom, they're kind of one of those middle teams that's trying to make it to that upper echelon. Um, And they're a really good ball club. So, uh, I think uh, James Franklin has his hands full there. And a seven and six season at the end of the day is just not good enough at Penn State. And um, I'm looking.
1: Yeah. yeah, What? what, No, I was just going to hop in and say, I'm interested too. I mean, Jahan Dotson's not going to play. I I don't think anyway. This means nothing to him. But, you know, huge news coming out of Penn State. They did get Sean Clifford back for his 12th season there. So definitely got some big things going for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Dave, we're going to, with the the Fiesta Bowl kind of in mind, we're going to segue into uh, some of the swag gifts that these kids are getting. Uh, You know, Michael Scott once coined uh, swag stuff we all get. (laughs) <laughs> um, so this is our ode to Michael Scott and the swag. Um, so if, if, for those of you that don't know, um, a lot of these kids get, um, swag or merchandise as a uh, participant for playing in these bowl games and, uh, PlayStation sponsors the Fiesta bowl. For those of you who don't know, and every kid that's going to take the field. Um, I don't know if it's the coaches too, but for sure, the players all get a brand new PS5 and a game. And that's a pretty sweet deal as a college student, especially kids that don't really get to see the field or maybe they don't have NI deals of their own, NIL deals of their own. So really just a cool chance for them to get something. Um, So Dave, I have a couple different ones for you to look over. Um, So that is the Fiesta Bowl, uh, the PlayStation 5. You could choose that, or perhaps you would like to go with the Citrus Bowl route, which is a $400 Amazon gift card. Um, a backpack, a fossil watch, a couple different things. And you get a blow up cut out of yourself to throw on the wall. Now, which would actually be cooler to have, Dave?
1: I already have a blow up cut out of myself on the wall. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. So uh, that, that is actually kind of funny, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I think at this point of, of my life, I would take the $400 Amazon gift card since like we probably spent $400 on Amazon just this week alone. So like from a financial standpoint, that sounds awesome to me, but if I'm these kids, like, yeah, the excitement of getting a PS five, like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So that that's cool. That That is cool that they do that. And you know, that's a, that is a i guess a fun exciting thing that you get out of these these bowls and these sponsors so what about you yeah. what what would you take out of those
0: i think if i'm the kid i'm taking the ps5 like just give me the the ps5 that's sweet um if i get the um if i get the outback bowl though i'm kind of upset because they gave these kids a $25 gift card to the outback like thanks wow. for the appetizer
1: exactly wow that is what a deal. You get like a, ha- half a steak and some mashed potatoes. Jeez.
0: Thanks, man. I, I can get the blooming onion.
1: Right. Appreciate
0: you. Right. All right. Um, so that was our little uh, fun segment on the uh, bowl, bowl season and what, what you kind of have to look forward to. Um. Now we're going to switch gears into the CFP and the quarterbacks that are playing uh, in these games. And I have some questions for Dave, just about, um, the four quarterbacks that we're supposed to see, uh, we don't know exactly who we might see. You'll get a little JJ McCarthy. We know that. He's going to play some for Michigan. But the, the, the question remains about Georgia's quarterback situation. Who will we see? Um, will we see Stetson Bennett, like we've seen for the last half of the year, or JT Daniels, who played more in the beginning of the year? Will we see more of him? He is the five-star he is the guy that's been right over his shoulder in case anything goes wrong, and I'm sure Stetson Bennett after Alabama is kind of looking over his shoulder, like there is a five star on the bench. Um, so, Dave, let's let's start with the Stetson Bennett situation. Do you think that he's like got a short cord coming into this game? Are they going to pull that cord if there's if there's the first three drives and no points?
1: I think that he'll. He- in my opinion, he definitely will get the start. I'd be shocked if they, like, make that switch right now. I don't think that makes sense to me to go with JT Daniels. But I, I think that the patience will run thin with him if they are, for some reason, Michigan gets up or early even by, like, 10 points and Georgia's just struggling to, to get the offense going. Uh, and, and if their run game is, for some reason, getting halted more than they're expecting – I think that there will be some pressure, and I don't think Kirby Smart is is scared to to pull yank him out of there at all. Actually, I mean he's he's not uh, he's not one of those guys that's going to be like a loyal to his guy type of a like ride it out no matter what. I think that he's there to to win this football game. He already knows that 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 quarterback situation in Georgia has been it's been muddy for a little while now. It's been, it's been cloudy. You don't like that going into a big game like this. I'm i I'm going to guess that if I'm the Georgia coaching staff, they're already planning for these scenarios that we're talking about. I I think that they are already talking about if we get into this position, what, like when, like they don't want to be, you're obviously got to see how that game is going. There's a lot of different factors, but I think that, that, that entire you know, offensive coaching staff and Kirby smart leading that conversation. I think that they are not, not afraid to pull that, pull that kid out of there and throw in that five-star. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think, well, we use the word five-star, but I mean, he's been there, right? Like, yeah, right. Right. He's you know, not
1: like our JJ McCarthy.
0: Or right. He's yeah. not like in comparison to JJ McCarthy. You know, he spent some time at USC. I mean, this, the guy's been around, so he's played college football before. So I think in that sense, Stetson Bennett has a very short leash in this game specifically. And I mentioned the three drive thing. And I think if I'm a Georgia fan, if I see three drives and I see no points, I think I'm saying I'm ready. Like let's do it now while it's either late in the first quarter or early in the second quarter, let's make that change. So we have some time to get JT going. You know what I mean? I don't know if the halftime switch works necessarily against this defense. Um, So If you look at what Stetson Bennett is, is he's a very efficient um, game manager, right? And and so he's kind of going against the game manager and Cade McNamara. Uh, But Cade has a little bit more of, I guess, I don't want to say weapons necessarily, but he seems to use them better. I mean, he seems to get these players or Gaddis or or whatever's happening now on the Michigan sidelines. He's putting these guys in positions to be successful. And some of the film that I've watched of Georgia, it just doesn't seem like he's always doing that, especially against Alabama. That didn't happen. He threw a pick six and things fell apart quickly for him. So if you take all of that into consideration, I think you might end up seeing JT Daniels in this game. Um, And it really wouldn't be a huge shocker to me. So Uh, So that's the story on the Georgia quarterback, Stetson Bennett, kind of JT Daniels situation. Um, Let's move over to the other side. Like I said, on the other sideline is Cade McNamara sitting there um, with one of the most efficient years that a Michigan quarterback has ever had. Um, He had some great statistics. He also was able to not turn the ball over. Um, I mentioned the Stetson Bennett pick six against Alabama. That was an absolute killer. That's not something that we see Cade McNamara do very often. We have seen it on a couple of instances where he threw the one in Nebraska, right? He had the one against Michigan State late, but it was an example of him trying to maybe do too much in that moment. Um, And hopefully Michigan doesn't have to get to that moment where he has to do too much. But I think that my question to you, Dave, is, is this job his next year to earn? Is it already decided for him? And does he look at transferring, if that's the case?
1: These are great questions that I think we're going to probably really have to take a deep dive into once this season actually finishes up. Um, I think that you know what you have in Cade McNamara from a skill standpoint. Like, you know what you're going to get. He's not going to knock your socks off. Yes, he has good statistics, a high QB rating. Um, He's not going to turn the ball over. But, you know, he's not going to throw 30 touchdowns in a season. That's not, I, that's also not what Michigan's offense is built on. Um, but he makes critical throws when he needs to. And the other thing is, like you mentioned, the game that he did have those interceptions. Well, he threw a really big one, in my opinion, against Ohio State early on, where they could have gone up 14 0. Uh, but to his credit, he doesn't let those things phase him. And, and I don't, I think that like Kate is the perfect example of, uh, like that, just a winning type of quarterback. Like, I don't want to, he's not Tom Brady. So don't hear me say that, but just like that sort of, like he genuinely can make a mistake and then he will move past that and not be in his head the rest of the game. So you love to have that, especially in these big games, uh, you know, with national championship on the line. So I I feel very confident having him back there. You put, you pose a really good question, Brant, about this quarterback situation heading into next year. I have a very hard time believing that Jim Harbaugh will not run out. You know, he might call it a meritocracy and they may have a competition, but I've got a hard time believing that JJ McCarthy is, is not your starting quarterback next fall, regardless of what Cade does. I mean, that's not a shot to Cade McNamara. I just genuinely think, I mean, I go back to early weeks in the season you know, I think one of our podcasts was titled like, "Should Michigan give JJ McCarthy the keys right now?" Um, and I'm glad that they didn't. My take at the time was that, yeah, they should. Um, and I, you know what? It I don't completely hate my take. I just I think that Cade has proven that he is a winner. He's a grinder. He's not going to knock your socks off, but he wins football games. But JJ McCarthy. I know he's made a couple of mistakes, but really, if you look at the sample size of when this kid comes in the game, big moment, small moment, whenever they need him, he makes the play as a true freshman. And he did it against Ohio State. He's he's just done it um, from in every single game, to be honest with you. And the potential with this kid is there. And it's not some potential, where we're like, oh gosh, I wonder like how good he is. Like to me, and I don't know how you feel, Brant. Like I've seen what I need to see from J.J. McCarthy in these limited snaps to be like, yeah, this kid's actually really good and not just like I'm a Michigan fan. He's really good. Like, he's he's really good. And he's he's better than Cade, to, to be honest with you, from a talent standpoint, uh, from a potential standpoint, he is. Um, it's hard to say that after uh, Cade just led us to a 12-1 and season and we're in the CFP for the first time and Big Ten champs. Once again, I'm not hating on Cade at all. Love that kid. But I, I I really think that this is JJ's job. I don't know what Cade's going to do. Um, I that's going to be you know you wonder like how after such a special season like if that is the case and JJ's the starter next year you know this this is Kate's team right like he's been he's the leader he uh, they've said that since spring training like it's that's going to be hard for him to leave this program but he's also got to do what's best for him. I mean ideally Michigan fans like you'd love to have JJ out there and have Cade right behind him, like almost flip flop this year. And like, if JJ goes down or, you know, he's more of a runner, he bums up his ankle in a game. You'd love to have Cade McNamara back there. Um, But Cade's got to do what's best for him. You know, there's going to be jobs um, at, you look at the transfer portal, just look around your big 10. He's a kid. McNamara is a big 10 quarterback through and through to me. He's not a big 12 guy. He's not an sec guy. Like he could play at Indiana. He could play at Illinois. He could play like there, there are jobs that Kate could step in and be really, really good. And I'd miss him a ton. I, I really would, but um, I don't have an answer yet of what I think he's going to do, but I do think that JJ McCarthy is going to be your starter next year. What do you think?
0: I agree that JJ will be the starter next year. I think Cade will end up transferring. And I also think that all of these things can be true as far as Michigan fans can be very grateful for what they had with Cade McNamara and they can give them a hug on the, on the way out the door. But this is not something where you slow momentum because you have a safety net in, in a player like Cade McNamara. Now, I I don't think he's going to do anything in the bowl game to change your mind. I I just don't think he has that kind of ability to do that. Um, Sure, he can beat Georgia. This team can beat Georgia. But to me, it's more about this team instead of that player that made that difference. Um, Which brings me to my next topic, uh, or our next quarterback, that pretty much single-handedly put that team on his back. And I'm talking about Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati's quarterback, and he doesn't get a lot of love in draft circles. He's not one that really flashes off the screen when you talk about, um, I guess, explosiveness, but more intangibles. So he's, a, he's like, the way I would like to explain him is he's like Cade McNamara kind of, but um, just more shifty and, and a little more athletic. But he, he, he's like cerebral kind of. Like he doesn't make a ton of mistakes either. He's a very solid quarterback. And I don't really get why he doesn't get a ton of love. Um, maybe it's because he plays at Cincinnati. But Dave, I don't know if you've seen him play a lot. But if you can just look at his numbers quickly, you know that he's an efficient quarterback. You know he's a good quarterback. But you know that he's playing substandard teams uh, that are outside of the top 25 quite often. So what do you make of a player like Desmond Ritter?
1: I think Desmond Ritter is very good and he's been great for Cincinnati. I think he threw like North of 30 touchdowns this year, or like right okay. around 30 touchdowns, not a ton of interceptions. You know, he's a, he's a good quarterback. I, I think that he is, he's, he's perfect for what the Cincinnati team is needed. And, and yeah, he, he's not getting the love right now. Um, in in draft talk but I think he definitely could he if he comes up because and the reason why he's not and you mentioned it Brent is once again and I know Cincinnati fans don't want to hear this and Cincinnati's tired of hearing it they're probably ready to honestly play Alabama and shut everybody up but they haven't played anybody uh and and I think that you know that's why you're not hearing him talked about maybe but you know what you also look at like a Kenny Pickett and you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he is not getting the 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 love that he deserves. But I, I think he's going to have every opportunity to show that against Alabama, um, and and I think that if you look at these four quarterbacks, Brant, and and I'm going to say four quarterbacks. I'm going to eliminate J.J. McCarthy, and for the moment, I'm going to eliminate J.T. Daniels, right? As these backups um, who we're going to likely see at some point. But in the college football playoffs, you've got Bryce Young, Heisman winner at Alabama, right? You've got Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. You've got um, Cade, obviously, for, for Michigan. And then you've got Stetson Bennett at Georgia. And, Brant, I'll ask you the, the question. Those four guys that I just named, from a talent standpoint, so I want to hear your rankings, one through four of those quarterbacks. Um, but I want to hear it two different ways. in. Maybe your answer is the same both ways, but mine's actually different. From a talent standpoint, rank them one through four. From a who you would want as your quarterback in these games, rank them one through four.
0: Okay, so we'll start with the talent one, first of all. Um, So I'll go Bryce Young, talent. There's no denying he's a playmaker. Uh, Good for him. So we'll go Young, Ritter. McNamara Bennett and did you say future NFL type is that what you said sorry or or who do I want in these games yeah so and and I'll
1: I'll cut you off real quick because my just so the the listeners know my four is the same from a talent standpoint I go Bryce Young Ritter McNamara Bennett as well but the next part of this is who would you one through four who would you want rolling out there to be your starting quarterback in the CFP
0: Um, I will go, man, this is really tough. This is very tough because I feel like I'm going to take McNamara. Whoa. Number one. Yeah. McNamara, young Ritter Bennett. And let me tell you why I'm taking Cade McNamara.
1: Yeah. Tell me more.
0: I, I feel like if you put him in any scenario with any of these teams, he is just that efficient that that team can be that good. So I think that efficiency over everything, if I watch what Bryce Young did against Auburn, let's let's say, for example, he made two great throws late, but he also made a ton of terrible throws in the first half, if you actually watch the game. Actually, the first three quarters were terrible. I don't think I've seen Cade McNamara have more than a bad quarter. I haven't seen... I guess Desmond Ritter hasn't ripped off the screen to me. Like, Hey, he's Vince young. He's winning games um, just with his pure athletic ability. So I think that that's a good offense and some of the substandard competition. We don't know exactly how good Desmond Ritter is Um, with the outlier game of this is what I will say about Desmond Ritter quickly is Against Notre Dame, he had two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. That is an impressive performance against the top five team, you can say. But what happens against Alabama when all the lights are on him? And McNamara's had all the lights on him. Dave, Michigan would be undefeated right now if it wasn't for their defense lapses against Kenneth Walker, right? Mm-hmm. And why would they be 12-0? and because of Cade McNamara. And then, Dave, my my explanation of him being number one wouldn't have to be so drawn out. I could just say, yeah, man, I think he's number one because Michigan's undefeated, right? And everybody could say, hey, he's not wrong. Like Stetson Bennett, to his credit, has done what he's needed to do, but everybody says Georgia has the number one defense, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be hard for him. Plus, if you watched him play Alabama, that was a terrible performance, and that's not something that Cade, Desmond Ritter, or Bryce Young have had yet. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I don't have Cade as number one. I mean, I like your 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 take on it. I, I have a hard time not making the Heisman winner and quarterback of Alabama number one, uh, just who I would want trotting out there. Um, but I do, my rankings do change. And I go Bryce Young, McNamara, Ritter, and then Stetson Bennett stays where he's at. Um, and the reason for for me with wait movie. let me let
0: me cut you off right there though yeah. real quick um is McNamara closer to young or is he closer to Ritter to you
1: he is closer you mean from a talent standpoint or from oh, a who no, I no, would no, no. want of, out there
0: of who you'd want out there
1: oh he's closer to young
0: okay
1: yeah yeah he is be, be, because and I know this. This is where people are, are will listen and be like, "You guys just sound ridiculous because you're just Michigan fans." Like the fact that you're we saying, watch a lot
0: of Michigan games, though.
1: <laughs> right, right. And I and I and I get. I do get that. Um, but I also think that once again, you know what you're getting with Cave McNamara. But sometimes what people forget is, like, he's played in a lot of big games this year. A lot of close games, been faced with adverse, like he's battle tested. And I don't, I'm not so sure that out of these four quarterbacks, anybody is more battle tested than Cade McNamara. Actually, I am, I am sure. No, nobody has been battle tested like Cade has been this year. And for that reason alone, on a big stage and a big moment, once again, I'm not expecting him to come out and throw for 250 yards and two or three touchdowns. Um, that's not his game but that's okay. Like I'm so comfortable having him back there, taking those snaps, managing the game. And and a lot of this goes to how Josh Gaddis has designed this offense. But um, I just think that there is something to be said to have a battle tested quarterback. That's a winner. And I, I think that Bryce young, I he's obviously a winner. Um, I he's been tested at times this year, but he has not been tested uh, like Cade McNamara ha- has. Um, if you look at who Michigan ha- has played this year. So um, yeah, I-, I think he is closer to Bryce Young in that sense. I-, I know it sounds ridiculous probably to some people who are like, don't watch Michigan football or hate Michigan football. It probably is annoying you having to listen to that, but, but, I'm but I'm with you in that sense, Brant.
0: All right, Dave. So last one, Young quickly, is there anything that you see from him that says he couldn't be the number one overall pick in 2023. Is there anything that you think uh, happens next year outside of injuries, obviously, uh, that that keeps him from that spot?
1: As of right now, no. Just, okay. just I mean, yeah, I'm sure there will be another rising quarterback that that comes through, but no, I I don't, and I I think that once again, he's going to be surrounded by talent and he's just going to look good and he will be NFL ready. Um, so no, I, I think uh, that, uh, he's do the you guy. Think if he
0: was, do you think if he was eligible, uh, eligible to be drafted this year, would he be number one? I do. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do you? Yeah. I, I think I would agree with you on that just cause the, there's no clear cut number one right now. Um, okay, Dave, let's switch over to the NFL. What do you make of the NFL? Um, I guess through through 14 weeks so far. Um who has been your most surprising team as of right now, Dave? Like who has taken over the NFL where you're like, man, I did not expect them to be good, but here they are.
1: Well, I think that the the team that has surprised me the most and's probably surprised everybody, I would guess would be the Patriots. Maybe it doesn't surprise people because Bill Belichick, but you know you, you come out there with a with a rookie quarterback who people kind of scoffed at of like he almost has like the Brady reminiscence right like he doesn't have the same athletic traits well it, he he's about to be a uh, offensive rookie of the year the patriots are sitting on top of the AFC um with a 9 and 4 record and i just am amazed by like their their way to just be good again already like I I did think that like after watching last year, I'm like, all right, well, Tom did his thing. He won his Super Bowl with the new team. Uh, Patriots got a long ways to go. And well, I I guess not right. Like Bill got his guy and here they are nine and four. And so, yeah, they, they have certainly impressed me. And then you said, Brant, who's been the biggest disappointment.
0: Yeah. I haven't asked that yet, but go ahead.
1: So, I think the biggest disappointment and they're not out of the, the the picture yet actually. um, But the biggest disappointment to me has been the bills. I I thought that the bills like coming off of last year, I was pretty high on them. I I thought I was like, wow, like Josh Allen, you know, the bills just had something special going, you know, their fans are crazy and I've just been kind of like let down with them. They've just been lukewarm this year. Something's just not clicking with that team. And you know, I would have said the I would have said the Chiefs a few weeks ago. They've kind of righted the ship right now. So for me, I, like the Bills could certainly still make the make the playoffs. So maybe they're not like a huge disappointment to others. But I, you know, they they are very underwhelming right now for it to be mid December.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree with those takes. Um, I'm going to give you my uh, most impressive team this year, and, it, and it's actually the Tennessee Titans. And I, I think they're only most impressive because they lost Eric Henry. And what they've done since then, Dave, is just win a bunch of games. And if you look at Mike Frabel as a coach, obviously um, played for Bill Belichick. He's like a Belichick type guy, but he goes about his business differently than Bill. And one thing that he gets out of his players is that hard nose, we're playing for the team type mentality. And it's just kind of next man up. And, and they're just rolling. And so um, the Tennessee Titans to me, losing your star player and still having that kind of season right now, um, most impressive to me. Um, the biggest disappointment, I don't know why we have to do this every single year, um, but to me, it's just, what are the New York Giants? Like they, they are supposed to be turning a corner. They are supposed to be like a rival to the Cowboys. And they are just throwing up on themselves after. And a lot of people give the Detroit Lions grief. Well, let me stop you right there. The Giants have had top 10 picks every single year since they like won the Super Bowl. Dave
1: Gettleman is awful.
0: He is atrocious. Daniel Jones is a mess. Saquon Barkley is not what he once was. They ruined him.
1: they They ruined Saquon's career
0: right and the jabril peppers trade doesn't look that good like it's all just kind of a mess out there in new york and i'm not sure how you fix it at this point um and and ownership is going to have to step in at some point and, and just try to fix this but even if you look at like the eagles or or the washington football team in that division dave they've all made the playoffs recently where have the giants been you know what i mean like non-existent so out of that, um, because you can't give it to the Detroit Lions every year, I think you have to give it to the New York Giants. Um, yeah. So that's my uh, most disappointing team. Hey, let
1: me. let yeah, let, let me ask you a, a a question real quick. So first, okay, so who who right now as it as it stands today is your MVP of the of the league, and why?
0: I don't want to have to say this, but I have to say this. Tom Brady is my MVP for this year. And Dave, he's crushing it. He's leading in like all the passing statistics. It's 44-year-old Tom Brady. The NFL is going to love the storyline behind it. And personally, I kind of do too. It's an awesome story. And I might be just as sick of Tom Brady as the next guy because he's awesome at what he does. But man, it's Tom Brady. You.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you stole my answer. <laughs> I was gonna say that too. I'm like, why do we have to say Tom? But
0: it's I just it to a- be Kyler Murray. I wanted it to be Kyler Murray. Yeah, without the injury. Yeah, yeah. Until he got hurt, it could have definitely been Kyler Murray. But Dave, it's just Tom freaking Brady.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you're not going to, if you're not going to give it to Tom, give it to Micah Parsons. What Trayvon Diggs, go Cowboys. We got some studs out there on that defense. Those so. guys
0: are both in the running for defense, defensive player of the year. And one of them's probably going to win it.
1: Yep. As, um, yeah. As they should, they've been outstanding. So you, you mentioned the lions, Brant. what are you doing this weekend, my friend? Don't you got some plans to head on down to the city of Detroit?
0: City of Detroit, here I come, baby! Make room. Uh, yeah, I'm going down with a few other couples uh, that Kenzie and I uh, hang out with. Um, shout out to Clayton, of course. He'll be there, uh, rooting on his beloved Lions. Um, Kevin and Danny also going to be there. But uh, one of the one of the main things that I'm looking forward to is seeing Kyler Murray and getting to see the Cardinals. Uh, I think they're the number one seed right now in the in the NFC, if I'm not mistaken. But Dave, let me tell you what was disappointing was that I bought these tickets back in September. These tickets were $200 each for my wife and I to go. Yeah, Dave, I did that. And so then, of course, what do I
1: do? Whoa, you had to pay for those?
0: (laughs) So as uh, the dummy that I am, of course, what do I go do? I go look the tickets up to see how much they're selling for today. Dave, how much do you think a ticket is going for right now?
1: 80 bucks. $39.
0: $39.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. You can
0: take the family out to Ford Field this weekend to go see a really good Cardinals team uh, for like under 150 bucks if it's you and a couple kids. Um, so if you want to see me, I'll be out there um, doing my thing. But anyway, uh, I also want to toss in a better two, Dave, um, about this game this weekend. Now, they don't have any player props up just yet. But I think one of the more interesting ones on this game was uh, – uh, let me see here. Will the Cardinals win by over 21 points? It was plus 230. I mean, Dave, even 20, 20 and a half is plus 200. What do you think about that from me going to Ford Field?
1: I would take it. I mean – It's
0: completely rude against the Lions.
1: Yeah, the Lions don't, I mean, they are, I honestly, props to Dan Kim. I know, like, he certainly had his issues all year. But, like, this roster was bad to start with. The injuries are piling up. You know, TJ Hawkinson's out for the year. Swift isn't playing. Like, they are just decimated right now. And then, yeah, the Cardinals, like, I think it's them and the Packers are atop the, the NFC right now, like, They've got everything to play for. They want that top seed and like, yeah, I think they are, this is, I would I would say no, if it was a game that maybe didn't have importance to, to them, but I think with where it's at in the season and, and looking at how tight it is towards the top of the uh, the NFC, I, I think that they're going to want to roll and put this game away early. So I would take it.
0: Okay, Dave, uh, I might take your advice on that one. Quickly, before we go into the bets, I just want to ask you about Urban Meyer being fired. Uh, your take on that? Um, any thoughts on that?
1: I just feel really sorry for Urban, and
0: <laughs> stop. And
1: <laughs> you know what, man? I, I will keep this short. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, let look at Urban Meyer's track record: Florida, Ohio State, the Jaguars, like no matter where this guy goes, he brings trouble with him. He's, he's a con man. He's honestly just not a good person. Not just because he was the Ohio state coach. He's just not man. And I can't make this stuff up. Like his track record shows it, proves it for himself. And and to be honest with you, I think he tried to come in and um, you know, urban Myers are obviously a very successful coach. He's won every, everywhere he's been, except in Jacksonville. Well, it's a little bit different in the NFL, um, and you don't just get to recruit and get all the five-star kids and hire the best assistant coach or coordinators in the in the country and and steamroll people. You are playing against five stars every single Sunday, and he wasn't up to the task. Um, you know, it got it was corny right away. He wanted to bring in Tim Tebow. He wanted to bring in. Um, uh, an assistant coach who, who had like racial issues, struggles that was known prior to him even coming to Jacksonville and then had to make that go away. Like he's just, he's not, a, he's not good. I, I loved seeing it like go away, retire, be done with it. Shame on Fox for even talking about bringing him back as an analyst. He doesn't deserve it. See you urban Meyer. I'm done with you.
0: Dave. I love that take. I have nothing to add to it. Besides I don't think a college takes a chance on him um, at least for a year or two. I think he needs to step away, like go away for his urban step away move he pulls. Um, and then maybe he just stays away, hopefully. Um, and and lastly, on the Lions, do they tank it out, Dave? Is that what you want to see from the Lions? Is is just, hey, this weekend, guys, let's go out there. Let's, let's uh, pretend like maybe we're fighting real hard, but let's make sure we lay down.
1: Here's the beauty of the Lions do I want them to quote unquote tank and like not win anymore? Like, yeah, absolutely. I want them to have the number one pick. The beauty about the lions is they could try as hard as they want and still lose every single one of these games. And I, I, I know that's sad to say, but that's just the reality. I do not think that these guys are going to pull that and you know, they're professional athletes. They're going to come out and play football. is not a game you can just kind of cower down in like, they already, that roster is already destroyed. There's nobody you would be sitting anyway. It's not like sitting Jared Goff or whatever is going to help. Like, honestly, you may give the Lions a better chance, like by sitting him. So like, what are they going to do? They're going to go out. They're going to do what they've done every single week of the season and give it their all and come up very, very, very short.
0: Agreed. I would like to see them lose out as well. Um, However, maybe if they could put a good game on this weekend, I would be happy about it. So, um, all right, Dave. So the Cardinals at the lions going into the betting segment. I think I already know that you think that the lions won't cover the 12 and a half Is cards. Yeah.
1: Cards cover 12 and a half.
0: You got the cards hammered on this weekend. I do. Okay. Uh, I am with you on that. I'm going to look at the 21 alternates, the, the alternate spread line there. Okay. I think this could have major playoff implications, kind of the game of the weekend to me. Titans at Steelers. Steelers fighting for their lives, um, getting a point at home.
1: I, I I will take the the Titans. I just think that the Steelers are are done at this point. Ben Roethlisberger is done. The Titans. We'll want, it, we'll, we'll want it more. I think Ryan Tannehill, I'll take him all day over Ben Roethlisberger. Even though they're beat up, they don't have Derrick Henry. They don't have A.J. Brown. I think Julio Jones is back. Doesn't matter to me. I don't believe in the Steelers. Give me the Titans.
0: I'm taking the Steelers, and I, I don't know what it is about them, but they just won't die, it ever seems like. So uh, Mike Tomlin gives them a fighting chance every single week. So I will take the Steelers at home. Uh, Bengals at Broncos. Uh, Broncos getting two and a half. This another playoff, major playoff implications here. Dave, who do you got?
1: Well, the Broncos just keep on winning. Um, I, I I can't explain it to be honest with you. The Bengals have kind of like evened out, I guess, as the year is, has gone on. You know, they started really hot. I have to believe that the Bengals will string something together, and the Broncos can't be this good. Um week in and week out. So I will take I'm not gonna say Bengals on the money line, but I'll take them plus two and a half. Um, I just the Broncos are just puzzling to me for that reason alone. I can't pick them to win this game, although they are home and it is a difficult place to win. What about you?
0: Nearly impossible to win out mile high for whatever reason it is. I'm going to take the Broncos at home. It's a big game for them. The Bengals have kind of been sketchy, whatever. I will take the Broncos um, and that does it for the betting segment. Um, Dave and I just want to let everybody know that we will be having an episode next week, breaking down Georgia and Michigan more. Um, we will get that to you on your holiday break. Uh, look forward on Christmas Eve, all the way, check it out through Christmas. Um, one thing that Dave and I do also want to say is thank you. Keep subscribing, keep downloading all of our episodes, please. We are almost to 2000 episodes or I'm sorry, 2,000 downloads. Um, It's been an amazing ride. Uh, It's been a lot of fun for us. Uh, Thoughts on that, Dave?
1: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you all listening and tolerating putting up with us uh, throughout the fall here and then the early early months of the winter. And uh, excited to to do this episode with you next week. Really take a deep dive into Michigan and Georgia, which is what we all want to talk about. So uh, we will see you all next week. Be well, be safe. Happy holidays.